Thank you, Bo. Appreciate it. Um, like Bo said, my name is Cipriano Martinez, and uh, I prepared a message for you guys um, at the beginning of the week. That's my wife because Seth asked me a few, like about a month ago, and but it seemed like I was trying to force the message. And so as I was studying it, as I was studying it throughout the week, um, I opened it up yesterday morning and I started to read my Bible and uh, I had to text Bo and said, Bo, I don't need the table up here anymore. I don't need a PowerPoint because God told me to say something else. So here we are. And so first off, I'd like to thank you guys for the opportunity to come and share with you guys. I really appreciate it. But the title of my sermon this morning is Conformed or Transformed. Are we or have we been conformed or transformed? What, what does that mean? What does it mean to be um, conformed? What does it mean to be transformed? Well, we have two choices today. We have two choices we can either be conformed into the way or shaped into the way that the world would have us to be, or we can be transformed into the will of God and what God would have us to be. We have a choice. We have some options here. Right? And so the question is, are you conformed or are, you, are we? Let me say, are we? Are we conformed or are we transformed? In, 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 the, in the Christian life, our doctrine and our duty go together. They go hand to hand. In, in like other words, what we believe helps us determine how we behave. What we believe helps us determine on how we believe, behave. Do we believe in the shape that the world is, all the stuff that the world has to offer, and, and, and if we live that way, or, or if we believe in that, then that's how we're going to behave. If we believe in Jesus, and if we believe in the Word, that's how we should behave, right? So it's the world versus God is what we have. Or maybe the world versus God's people. That's what we're up against. And so Paul's very focus in chapters 12 and 13 of Romans is relationships. And that's the book we're going to be in today, the book of Romans chapter 12. But his focus is about relationships. And so there's this term called relational theology. It's kind of a new term, but it's not a new idea. The term relational theology, the term relational theology came out about maybe 50, 60 years ago. People started talking about relationships and, and, um, and um, having a relationship with others. Um, let, hold up a second. Let, like, I guess I can put it this way. Um, You've heard the term, it's not about religion, it's about relationships, maybe. You might have heard that. And I kind of agree with that, but, but I kind of do, but I don't, because our religion is Jesus, the gospel. That is what we believe in. And Jesus showed us how to have right relationships. 
to love God and to love others. The Pharisees told Jesus, they tried to trick Jesus and like, we should all know this story. What is the greatest commandment? Well, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And the second is just like that, to love your neighbor as yourself. So to love God and love others, right? And so if we have a right relationship to God, we, we will have a right relationship to the people who are part of our lives. So if we have a right relationship with God, then we should have a right relationship with the people that are part of our lives. 1 John 4.20 said, If a man says, I love God, and if a man says, I love God, and yet hates his brother, he is a liar. So if we have a right relationship with God, we should love others. And if we don't love others, then we're a liar. So go ahead and turn to the book of the book of Romans 12, which Last time that I was here, I preached out of John, and I preached my favorite scripture. Well, this is my favorite scripture also. Verse 12. Paul describes three steps of Christian dedication, and I'd like to share those steps with you. But I'd like to read, read what Paul wrote. 12, 1 and 2. I, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers... By the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So usually whenever I start to read scripture, I want to see what Paul's talking about, or, or I want to see whoever is writing is talking about, and Paul says, I appeal to you, therefore. And so you guys probably heard, what is it there for? Well, the verses before this, um, Paul is talking about, about the Jews, about they have, a, they have a hardened heart, but God's mercies and grace is going to forgive them if they accept what God has to offer, which, uh, like, which is Jesus. And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. So the first point is we, we are to give God our body. We are to give God our body. We are to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. Remember, before we knew Christ, we, we would give in to sinful desires, but now that we belong to Him, we want to use our body for His glory. We can't be conformed to the world if we're going to give God all who we are. The Christian body is God's temple. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were brought with a price. 
So glorify God in, in your body. And in Philippians 1.20, in Philippians 1.20, it says, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. It is our privilege to glorify Christ in our body and magnify Christ in our body. How are we doing? I have to ask myself that question. How am I doing? How am I honoring God with who I am whenever I leave this church? Who am I outside of these walls? Am I honoring God? Am I honor, honoring Christ whenever I go to work? with other people that are around me that may be believers or may not be believers? Do they know that I'm a believer by the way that I carry myself? This message spoke to me this morning, spoke to me yesterday morning, because this is what I needed to hear. How am I doing? Am I being conformed to the pattern of this world? Like I said, this is one of my favorite scriptures and I've read it time and time throughout the last few years. But then I read it and I asked myself, am I being conformed by the pattern of this world or have I been being transformed? Am I, am I honoring God? Jesus Christ had to sacrifice his body to accomplish God's will on earth. So, so we must yield our bodies so Christ can continue His work through us. Wait a second, Cipriano. You mean there's work involved in being a believer? Well, how do you think we grow? Any working man out here knows when you're working with your hands or something, you build something to create something. Well, the work within us God is using us. Or are we allowing God to use us? We must yield the members of the body as instruments of righteousness. That's what the book of Romans 6.13 says, that we are supposed to be instruments of righteousness. Romans 13.6.13 says, do not present your members to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments of righteousness. Wait a second, Cipriano, but I mess up every day. I don't feel righteous at all. And that's why God said in the beginning of this, Paul wrote, he said, I, I appeal to you, therefore, by God's mercies, every day God's mercies are new. This morning, I had to ask God, God, forgive me for, for like maybe the thoughts and the things that I did yesterday that would not honor you. Because we catch ourselves, or I catch myself. 
Maybe it's I'm driving down the street and I'm upset that this guy swerved in front of me, which the day before I probably swerved in front of some guy and it was okay. And maybe I said something I shouldn't have or whatever it may be. But God's mercies are new every day. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. The old, the old, te- the old testament, um, the old testament sacrifices were dead sacrifices, but were to be living sacrifices. So back in the old testament, they would slaughter animals, pigeons, whatever it was, sheep, lambs whatever they could bring to the temple. And if you were really wealthy, you'd bring a bull and they would kill him. They'd sacrifice it to the Lord. It was a dead sacrifice. But through Jesus Christ, we are able to be living sacrifices. We know of two living sacrifices that that, that are recorded in the Bible that might help us understand First sacrifice, living sacrifice, that that is recorded in the Bible is Isaac. Isaac got up on the altar willingly to be sacrificed. And he did it. He did it. He did it. He, he would have died to obedience to God's will, but then we know that God sent the ram to take his place. And Isaac stepped off of that altar as a living sacrifice. He died to self. He said, okay, Dad. Okay, I'll get up on here. And he knew. He knew that everything was there for a sacrifice, and they didn't have one. And he told them to get up on the altar. He did it willingly. And he died to self that day. And he walked off that altar as a living sacrifice. The second illustration is Jesus, who is the perfect illustration of a living sacrifice, because he actually did die. He yielded himself, he sacrificed himself for God's will to be done. And we know today that he is living in heaven. He's a living sacrifice. And once we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we too walk around as a living sacrifice. But have we died to self? Have we died to the world? We are not to be of the world. We are not, we are, how'd it go? Oh, I forgot that one. What did my wife say? Be in the world, but not of the world. There you go. See, I love her. She's, she's, she's taking out. We live in the world, but we're not to be of the world. But that's hard to do, right? That's hard to do. So we're supposed to be a living sacrifice. We are supposed to surrender. So a few, so, so like a few like years back, there was this, there was this movement started of lives matter, which I don't, you know, blue lives, black lives, yellow lives, I think all lives matter. Okay, but this all started with this young juvenile, maybe he was in his 20s, but the police had him, they told him put up his hands, he put up his hands, but he still kept coming forward. 
he still kept coming forward and and like it ended up not turning the way in a good way for that guy. He ended up dying, I believe. But are we doing that? Are we saying, God, here I am, but we keep walking over here to the world. We can say, here I am, Lord. And God might be, well, where are you going? I'm over here. But we're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, the word says. Present means in this term right here in verse 1, it says to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. The like, word here, present, um, is translated um, as a once-in-a-lifetime commitment, just a one-time deal. Here I am, Lord. You are making an offering in this, in this time. Whenever you would present an offering to the temple, it was to stay there and it was to be there and it belonged to who you were presenting it to. It's the same, like, it's the same thing as a man and wife whenever they get married and they're there at the altar. It's a one-time deal. It should be a one-time deal. Here I am. I give you all of myself. God says, I present, present yourself as a living sacrifice. Whole, why? So it can be holy and acceptable to God. Here I am, Father. Here I am. I believe in your son. I believe he died for my sins. And here I am. Now, what do you want to do with me? This commitment is our reasonable service or act of worship. In other words, every day is a worship experience when we yield our bodies to the Lord. I said every day because we have to yield ourselves every day. That song that we were singing, which I love to worship, I love to worship because it just brings me back to worship God and the songs about having the fire burning within us. Every morning, I have to ask, tell God, God, here I am. If I don't, if I hastily get up and not read scripture and I go to work and maybe I read scripture, but I'm like, okay, 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 all right. And then I leave, okay, Father, thank you for the day. If I do that, I'm just doing it to mark it off. But I need to say, God, I yield myself to you and just, just help me through the day because I want, I want my life to be acceptable and pleasing to you. Second point, verse 2, we give him our mind. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Some other, tra some, some other translations say, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world. Bottom line is this world wants to this world wants to control our mind. God wants to transform our minds. We have so many distractions nowadays that takes us off of our focus, which is the Lord. But if it wasn't possible, it wouldn't be here. It's possible. 
the word the the word transform here is the same one used in in the book of Matthew set set book of Matthew 17:2 at the mount of transfiguration whenever Jesus took John, Peter and James with him and he showed all the glory of the Lord he transformed it's the same word used and then they saw and then they saw Moses Moses and Elijah Jesus transformed it's the same word in Greek it is metaphor meta metaphorfu metaphorfu it's the same it's the same word we get met, metamorphosis from the same as a caterpillar turns into a butterfly it metamorphosis it's a it is translated as a change within it starts from the inside out like if you ever seen a monarch but butterfly i had the privilege to do this yeah yesterday morning i looked it up and i saw it but it starts off and it starts spinning its little cocoon and it takes 28 days for a monarch butterfly to fully transfigure and it changes exactly from what it used to be to something beautiful it changes from the inside out to something totally different And that's what Paul's writing here that God explained to him. That we transform the renewing of our mind. So in other words, don't be like, don't act like, don't live like, don't look like the world any longer. Right? You've heard it before, we have to stand out sometimes and that's hard sometimes. I've thought of that at times. Do I actually stand out as a believer? And after the years, I I accepted Jesus when I was 27, was it 27, 26, 26, 26 in an 8 by 10 concrete jail cell right here at County Jail right over there. Right? From the person I was to I am today, I think God's transforming me, but But the book of Philippians says that he will not be finished until Christ returns. Right? And so I started thinking, I was like, do I stand out? I I used to I used to cuss bad, let me tell you. But I don't at work. I don't anywhere. Maybe that's one indicator of being a believer, maybe. Do I talk to others about Christ? I hope I do enough. Am I a good person? I hope so. I don't know where I'm going with this, but I hope that we're being transformed. I hope that that spending time with the Lord and spending time with the Lord's people and speaking to people about the Lord I feel that God is transforming. He does transform us. Using our talents for the Lord, using our gifts for the Lord. Not just sitting and wanting to come hear a message, but actually doing. Dr. Tony Evans, he is the pastor at Oak Cliff 
Oak Cliff Bible Fellowship in Dallas. Um, he had said this this week. I had seen him. I seen a little post on Facebook. He said, a ship belongs in the water, but the water doesn't belong in the ship. You are to be in the world. The world should not be in you. But we can bring some, you know, we can bring some of that world into our ship and pray that they start transforming, right? Because that's what I was thinking. I was like, wait a second, is that really true? Have you ever been on a boat and no water was in the boat? No, I think water comes in the boat. Either it's splashing in or something. There's going to be water in the boat, but that's good, right? There's our work to be done. But I love that. He says, a ship belongs in the water, but the water does not belong in the ship. You are to be in the world. The world should not be in you. If the world controls your thinking, you are a conformer. If the world controls our thinking, we're a conformer. If God controls your thinking, what are you? A transformer. Who wouldn't want to be Bumblebee or Optimus Prime? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Because that is what I see whenever we are transformed to do God wants us. We're not pushover believers. We're not these little, you know, little, you know, you can push. No, being a believer, being to like live in the image of Christ as somebody that is strong, compassionate, loves others, is not a pushover. That is what we're conformed into. That is who Jesus is to me. He was not somebody that was pushed over. He, he stood up and he talked and he said what he believed to the people that were against him. He put them in their place. And I'm not saying that we should go put them in, our, in their place, but we need to be bold as believers. And whenever we are transformed, we are bold. We can't be shy to talk about Jesus to other people. We can't be afraid of what they're going to think about us. We cannot. If there's any new believers in, like inside this room this morning, or maybe you haven't accepted Jesus, believers are not pushovers. We're bold. We're compassionate. We love others. And some of them make little cookies and bring them to your door sometimes, which if anybody here, if you guys got a like ministry that does that, I think my address, or we can get you my address. Yep. How does God transform us? God transforms our minds and makes us spiritual-minded by using His Word. That scripture that I quoted earlier of Matthew, uh, in the book of Matthew, whenever the Pharisee... Um, challenged Jesus and asked him, what's the greatest commandment? And he said, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. The second is just like that, to love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus used the word there. You know, he, Jesus got that, out, got that out the book of Exodus and out the book, or out the book of Leviticus and out the book of Deuteronomy. He got to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul out of Exodus and to love your neighbor as yourself out of the book of 
first one out of the book of Leviticus, the second one out of the book of Deuteronomy. Jesus was using the word. Well, if we don't spend time in the word, how are we going to be transformed? Well, Cipriano, that, that is why like, we have Seth up here every Sunday giving us the word. So then we'll have, yeah, that works, but, but we need to be transformed. Your, your, like, your pastor can help encourage you and help teach you, help counsel you, but you can read the word. Seth cannot transform you. He cannot. God does that. God's going to turn you into bumblebee. By using his word, by applying God's word to our life, by memorizing it, by spending time meditating on it, God will make our minds more like his. 2 Corinthians 2, um, 2 Corinthians 2, 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed, metamorpho, into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is in spirit. It comes from the Lord. The Lord is going to transform you. The Lord is going to transform us. Last point. We are to give him our will. We are to give him our will. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God. If you'll understand what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Well, what is the will of God? Well, I've heard that each person has their own, God has a will for each one of us. Yeah, I believe that. But I think we all have the same will that God wants from us. And many of us think that we control our will with our own willpower. Well, Paul tried to do that. And this is one of my favorite verses in the whole Bible. He said it in the book of Romans 5.21, where he says, I do what I do. He says, I like want to do this, but I don't want to do this, but I do what I don't want to anyway, and I hate what is evil, but I do it anyway. Read that one, 7, 15, 21. Write it down. That's a good one. Paul tried to change with his own willpower. He says, I can't. This evil, this, this evil, this evil desire within me, it's like a f- war between the spirit and the flesh, and I end up doing what is wrong anyway. But God's mercies are new every day because he was trying to do it with his own willpower, it goes on to say. It is only when I yield to God that his power will take over and transform within. It is only whenever I present my life, I present my my body, I present my mind to God, and I say, here, God, do with me what you need to do. Then God starts transforming. The will of God is so that we can believe who Jesus is 
and that we can help others become believers as well. Love God and love others. God's will. Love God, love others. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, but love your neighbor as yourself. If you say that you love God, but you hate your brother, then, then like you make God out to be a liar. Love God and love others. I pray this morning that we can be, be transformed, that we do not stay conformed to this world. And it's a work in progress. If, if there's anybody feeling down and out right now because, be, like, because you have been living of the world, that's okay. God's mercies are new every day. It's all right. We're all there. There's no perfect believer in this room. Even myself, I'm the first one to say. Our goal is not to be perfect. Our goal is just to be transformed. Allow God to transform us. I never thought that I would be up here speaking anytime. I had a I have a terrible stuttering problem. Even when someone talks to me one-on-one, some, some of you guys know or have heard it. There's times, it, it's bad. When I talk to somebody one-on-one, I'm like, oh, I can't even, you know. But I just want God to transform. I want people to hear God's word. So as we spend time in prayer this morning, let us surrender our will to God and pray. This is one of the most important prayers of the entire Bible. The most important man in the world said it. He said, thy will be done, God, not my will. Not my will, but thy will be done. You can say that prayer every morning. Not thy will. Not my will, but thy will be done. In all our situations, let us get in the habit to start the day by surrendering our bodies to the Lord. Here you go, God. Here I am. Then spend time in the world and let him transform our minds. Because that's that's where we're spending our time, right? Man, I work with some roughnecks. Let me tell you. I'm sure some of you guys could tell me some stories too. But some of those roughest necks that I've been one-on-one with, We'll just, we'll just, they might be tough in front of a bunch of people, but you get them one-on-one and they need Jesus. They don't even admit, I need a change. Because we need to spend time in the world, but let them transform us to have the, have a right relationship with God. Let's pray to have a right relationship with God. We must start the day by yielding to him our bodies, our minds, and our wills. And maybe there's somebody here that, 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 maybe there's somebody here that is a new believer. Or maybe you haven't accepted Jesus. Don't let this scare you off. It's the best decision that I've ever made. My life was in turmoil. It was, it, it was bad. Let me tell you, it was bad. If some of you guys want to hear my testimony, bring me to the side. I'll share it with you. I'll share with you the short version. I'm not going to take time to do it right here. 
But if there's any encouragement, any takeaway I can give you today, surrender your life, present yourself one time, well, say every day, to present yourself to the Lord. Allow Him to transform your mind. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you, Father, for um, the God that you are, Father. I just pray that your Holy Spirit will allow some of the words, whatever words you choose that I spoke this morning, Father, pray that they were from you. I pray that those words will just be embedded in our hearts, Father, and that we can, we can leave this place with them. Father, but I pray that we just don't stay still as believers. I pray that you allow us to see that it's not difficult to, to live the life that you have desired us to live. Father, I pray that thy will may be done in my life. And I pray that Waypoint members or visitors, I pray that they pray the same prayer, that your will may be done. I pray that we can just be transformed. Father, Father, I just thank you and praise you in Jesus' name.